Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It really is. (laughs) What's up? I'm Laura Carenti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia. Episode 22. Double, double. So coming off the heels of our exclusive India Carino and getting to go participate in her state of the industry forum with some of the biggest players in the industry, including agency execs, media company owners, trade industry, leadership, marketers, etc. I think one of the things that we learned was there's this sort of analysis paralysis going on around the standardization of measurement, something that's been pervasive over the last few episodes of this show. And I think what we're excited about is we have somebody coming on who's talking about right brain, left brain, not which sure which side it sits on, but it's context. Like gut, yeah. gut and context, along with being underpinned with the data. And I think that the context part of the conversation is one that we constantly kind of point to And so we're going to have Pierce Fox on, who's the founder of PSFK. I think he's going to talk to us a lot about, you know, what trends can tell you. But if you don't have the context, you're missing the whole insight. And I think that as an industry, going back to Linda Gaccarino, what she was talking about, we've really gotten to this place where we're kind of complacent with what the numbers say. Right. I think that's important to go into like how we've just accepted that latency data in the form of an index is actually 
one of or sometimes the only marker that media buyers, for example, are using to make multi-million and billion dollar decisions in placing their advertising. If we know that, you know, insert media company X here is hitting an index of 150 to 250, and if it's over 300, well, shit, we should put all of our dollars there. You know, we're making that decision. And oftentimes that data is really only beginning to scratch at the surface. Yeah. And it's often late. It's it's a panel study that's been done, you know, months prior. And with the speed of which culture in particular is moving right now, you'd be remiss to the fact to say, okay, directionally that data is telling me that this might be the right place to invest my dollars. But how am I showing up? How am I speaking to people? What is the message that I want to convey? And what about that platform drives a connection? It's not good enough just to show up. It's how. Yeah, it's how. But I think to your point, when you're getting some kind of report four months after the fact and things have already moved on, and then you're using that to base your next Next move year's on, plans, right. Holy moly. What are we doing? Yeah. So th- I think the need for real-time feedback, the need for real-time kind of science and gut has to go together in this business. And I'm not sure we've trained ourselves to be able to think that way at large. Yeah. And I think as an industry, we need to get smarter about the inputs, you know, and, and not being, to your word earlier, complacent with just accepting the third parties that we've been using since as long as I've been in this business that have not evolved to even account for things like content or experiences that live in the market. So how are we accounting as as budgets continue to move into video, as they move into virtual live, reality. as they move into tech, yeah. and, and these things are not trackable? Well, what are the inputs or the trend reports or the business intelligence as an industry we're starting to look to to get that holistic picture? You know, yeah. a lot of people that um, I've come across in the business starting out and they're like, what are you reading? What are you interested in? And, you know, even... You know, some of the students who have reached out to us on Atlantia saying, you know, how can I think about this thesis differently? Where can I go to be sourcing this sort of information? You have to be a cultural student of this industry. You have to understand that you should be reading Sarah Fisher's Axios every Thursday in her, her newsletter. Her Media Trends Report. You should be looking at the ad ages and the ad weeks and the digidays to get sort of the, you know, nuances of how agencies and brands are thinking about their creative messages and technology and all this sort of stuff. You should be strolling Product Hunt every day to see what's coming out. Right. And you should also be looking at industry leaders. What are the perspectives and how people are thinking about this? I mean, how many people we following on on Twitter um, just to get alternate perspectives on how people are approaching issues in the industry, like standardization of measurement? Even policy issue. Policy. Yeah. Um, And you have to go beyond the trades themselves. And that's why business intel, I think, is one of the most underutilized things in this industry from from a planning perspective. Just basic business intel. I agree. 100%. CM NBC, Cheddar, uh, looking at what Brian Settler's talking about as a media reporter on CNN. I think the, the point is, is right, it's not just about uh, diversity in people, it's diversity in thought. That's right. And at the end of the day, that's it, right? Diversity and where you're getting your information. And as much as we are in our social lives, right, 
and our digital social lives in a kind of echo chamber, we end up doing that to ourselves in our professional lives. And so we become this echo chamber and everyone's kind of head nodding like, yeah, 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 GRP, TRP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Instead of looking outside. And I think that bringing it back to Pierce, you know, what I love about him is that he kind of like stumbled into creating trend reports because he was just looking around at everything and started spotting signals. And he was really good at pattern recognition, things that people weren't seeing. And I think it behooves all of us to start thinking about what patterns we're seeing. I mean, I'm obsessed with this notion of non-direct competitors, people that are super serving a like-minded audience or a like-minded business solution that aren't in the same industry. And what can we learn from them? When I look at the the direct-to-consumer brands that are in the market, so think Casper, think Away Suitcases. When you look at all of those brands, what is Allbirds doing that Away Suitcases could learn from? Pop-up stores? Collaborations? Rachel Tippograph talked about sharing pixels. You know, these are all of the things that, you know, culture is informing that these entrepreneurs and business executives are learning from models that have nothing to do with their line of, of product or service. Right. Oh, well, like, who are the people right now that you're, like, gravitating to for influence hmm. that, that you take insight from and that you're applying it to marketing projects? So for me, person of influence, Yayoi Kasama. It's like infinite mirrors, these exhibits have been huge at Hirshhorn and all all over um, the world. And what her artist mission is, is to make people feel purposeful in their life and that they belong to something. And so all of her work is you in her work. So she does this room, white room, with like a desk and chairs and furniture. It's all white. Everything's white. And you go in and you put a colorful sticker, right, on the wall and the furniture on anything and it becomes this i am an individual but i am part of a community i'm part of a collective it's cool. so really really powerful and one of her statements is because she does it with dots lots of dots dots are everywhere um one of her you know points is i want you to feel like you are a dot you are the only dot but you are a dot among millions and i find that this idea of community that she creates in a physical space but of like pure individualism, so fascinating, magical, and real, right? But it's ethereal and beautiful when you're walking in it. So she's one of my big inspirations right now. She's been huge. I mean, she's probably one of the most Instagrammed artists um, of our time. So she's really phenomenal. She really inspires me. And I would say that um, Camilla Harris and um, Christine Gillibrand like huge, huge influences, they level the conversation. And they've been huge inspirations. Yeah, I think I've been drawing a lot of inspiration lately for um, creativity of thought from actually, I would say, the music world, particularly hip-hop artists lately. Um, I'm enamored with a lot of the work Swizz Beats is doing with artists. He just got his MBA from Harvard. He just got his MBA from Harvard. And I think it's just fascinating to see an artist like that step outside of the world of music, 
probably also drawing inspiration from business and thought leaders. And I just, I think it's really cool. Um, I love what's going on in sneaker culture. Wait, what's the line that he said? He oh, said my that favorite. Like this is like, with. this is the motto for 2018 people. Seriously, get out your phone and type this down. The sky is not the limit. It's just a view. And if you're not rolling with that in 2018, I don't know what you are. Um, aside from that, really, really into sneaker culture collaborations right now. Loving like the insane artwork and how people are using that as a canvas and, and the uh, sort of cult community that's creating, you know, Virgil Abloh and his brand Off-White with what they're doing with Nike is just super cool and makes you think about the cross-pollination of, of art and urban culture and uh pulling out these ideas and inspirations for people. I just think that's really cool. And the one other thing that I just thought was one of the most unexpected um, art forms that I saw this year that you can take a lesson from in experience um, and expression was from Solange. Her album artwork Agreed. for A Seat at the Table and how she wrote the album notes, if you go into and, and how she explains the dichotomy of her music and, and the lyrics, was absolutely original. It was stunning. It made me reimagine or rethink how I am doing comms planning. How do you start relating those things together? So... If you, I wish I could have the visual and maybe we'll have to post it, but her album artwork sort of deconstructs her thinking of the lyrics and it, and it takes you through sort of deep dive into what each of those components means um, in so much that I think she got such a positive reception from it. She actually went and turned it into an art exhibit in the real world. Yeah. And you were able to kind of experience that deconstruction um, in the form of a museum pop up. How I apply that is literally thinking about each piece as not just one linear narrative, yeah. but the element of purpose and contribution, those thoughts goes one. that goes into yeah. that singular narrative. Yeah. And so as you think about how you can represent comms planning or brand strategy totally. uh, in talking to a client, not just ripping through and getting to the line the platform, the boilerplate, like knock them dead, drop the mic, walk out of the room. That was the best, you know, uh, a line of, of the meeting. It was really what what goes into that. No, it's that. the magic's in the freaking ingredient. Exactly. Yes. So um, with that, we're going to talk about trends with Pierce Fox. We'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. 
Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. 
Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Atlandia, we're back in the studio with the British crystal ball that is Piers Falk. Falk? Falk. Um, Fox. Founder of PSFK. Welcome to the show, Piers. Wonderful Welcome. to be here. Thanks for being our first Brit. Yeah. Really? Laura was really excited. I'm so excited. I do very well with the Brits. Do you? I'll leave that there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Piers, you've had a lot of action in 2017. Why don't you sure. tell Atlandia a bit about PSFK, the founding of it? What wow. you set out to do. It's a long journey, long story. Well, let's um, How long have you been around? PSFK forever, has been... Forever, forever. 2004? 2004 I started, yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah, like an so OG. I'm an OG, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I that, know what that means. I always say that your friend, just because he's Scottish, I'm going to call him your friend, which mm-hmm. really you're probably not in any way, but um, your friend Pete Cashmore... Oh, you guys yeah, are like totally yeah. contemporaries in the blogosphere world, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of how you. He, he was around at the same time. Yes. Did you he, also so start right. in a garage he, or your bedroom? I uh, yeah. Your dorm room. <laughs> I really was. I I did the uh, stereotypical in in the bedroom in my boxes. Wow, that's cool. amazing. Yeah. Um, I started it. I came to America. I came to America for love. I came to be with a girl and. I turned up and I had no job, no visa, and I um, and and the girl would say, "Go get yourself a job. Go do something. Go find something to do. Find some money." Um, and I, when I turned up, I just turned up at the same time as Pete Cashman was doing his thing and Nick Denton was doing his yeah, thing yeah. at Gorka, and you know there was a whole bunch of people, people behind uh, Slate and everything else were like. Um, all meeting up, and I managed to kind of turn up to kind of some of these events. Hmm. I saw I came to an event, and this uh, this lady who I didn't know who was she was um, stood up in the corner, and I was already thinking about writing a blog, and um, I didn't know who she was, and she's like, "I'm," and she's older, and I was like, and she said, "Okay, I'm going to start my own blog," and I was thinking, "Well, if she can write a blog, I can write a blog." <laughs> She goes, yes, I'm going to call it Huffington Post. Oh! Uh, yeah. And, that worked um, out well for her, didn't yeah, she? Out, yeah, was, yeah, better than me. Um, <laughs> it, the story is just to kind of illustrate a time where it was. It was pre, uh, pre-social media, we, and the democratization of media hadn't happened. We were all, media was just very traditional, wasn't yeah. talking about the things we wanted to talk about. Sure. And I wanted to... Um, Share all these cool ideas. So, did you have any expertise? Like, were you coming from a place of like media in your background? Like, I worked in advertising my first part of my career. Oh, I I ran away from advertising. So, Interesting. Yeah. So, um, at the end of the first dot com boom, after we had all these wild parties, um, we all kind of <laughs> <laughs> then we all got let go. <laughs> and let, fired, and we all we got very poor. It's actually the, probably the most accurate historic, mm-hmm. like his, oh. history of what happened in the 90s. Yeah. So we had it's this true. great time, and then we all got spat out. And then I was like, I'm never going to work in advertising again. I ran a film company for a year. Wow. 
I worked with a couple of amazing film directors, young film directors. And instead of making movies, what we did is we wrote. So we spent all the time writing. Mm. So um, you're writing treatments, you're writing pictures, you're trying to make some money. Um, and so by the end of that year, we'd made about four promos, had a short go to Sundance, but we were starving, had no money. I look back on it as this wonderful time, but at the time... Like you had something premiere at Sundance? There's a little short, yeah. We had premiere oh, what's it called? called? It's called It's Okay to Drink Whiskey. It's a little short movie. Oh, that's so oh. British. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is. It's like, oh, these grannies get killed. It's a horror. I love it. <laughs> In a laundrette. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. It could be Hoboken. <laughs> it could be Hoboken. <laughs> so anyway, I had a passion for writing. Met an American girl. Sort of like I was starving and poor. So I was like, what else am I going to do? I might as well. Follow her. Yeah, go to uh, jump on a plane. And um, so I turned up. had a passion for writing. Uh, met some people who told me about these blogs. And I was like, okay, what am I going to write about? And somehow I, that lens of consumer culture through advertising yeah, and creative ideas was just something that kind of resonated. And I just started writing about cool stuff. Uh, we were talking about this. I mean, describe PSFK a couple of years into PSFK. Yeah. How you defined it then and how you're defining it today. Um, I think what happened is I had a mania for writing and passion. I, I was writing, then all these people around me wanted to write for PSFK. So mm. all these friends and from all around the world started writing. Mm. Where was PSFK first published? Was it a .com or was it on .com. like... It was, okay. So, you know, um, two years in, I was writing all this crazy <laughs> stuff and somebody sends me a report, Anheuser-Busch, in the UK, sends me a report, and it's a trend report. Some agencies publishing, and says, "Can you do one of these?" And I'd never seen a trend report before, mm. um, but it was just full of ideas that we were writing about on PSFK. Had expert opinion, people we were interviewing each day. Mm. I was like, "I could do this," and that's when we kind of started to think about you know, how, how we monetized, I guess. Like, yeah. Oh, we could do trend reports. And people will pay us. People will pay us. Yeah, yeah what we think. Mm -hmm. And that's how it just started a role. Um, and I got to then meet other people. I met some people who run a, uh, had a startup agency called Anomaly at yes. the time. Yes, know them well. Yeah. And they, um, I met this guy called Johnny Vulcan. And Johnny said to me, I like that blog that you're doing. <laughs> what? And I was like, yeah, have you got any freelance work? And Johnny said, no, how many you got any freelance work? Why don't you meet Carl? Carl Johnson. I met Carl and he said, that, you know, I haven't got any freelance work either, but I do have an office space. We have this new office. And so they gave me office space. And for about three years, we worked out of uh, Anomaly. And were you working with their clients? No, just just had a desk. They let, gave, lent me a computer. Gave you some Wi-Fi. Gave me a telephone. Didn't know what to do I think with more that. agencies actually just need to do that oh. with creative, smart mm -hmm. people. And then they do need to rub elbows. Yeah. I was hanging around with intelligent, bright, creative, creative people. smart people. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that Alexa and I have been talking a lot about on the show is sort of the tired approach to measurement and research that the industry is facing. So mm -hmm. obviously PSFK has kind of become this cornerstone where both category specific or just generalization observations are being made that are providing the bend on culture and context. Sure. What we feel that the industry is quite starved for 
is those sorts of real-time applicable insights that people can go and make strategic business decisions on, as opposed to the legacy measurement companies that are spitting out six-month-old lag time data in the form of an index that people are making multi-million and billion dollars decisions on. And those people are often early days in their careers or young buyers. They see a number. If it's over 100, that must mean that this is the right thing to buy. We should go call those people and potentially RFP them. How do you, peers see PSFK coming of age, I'll call it, in a world where measurement and um, data. data and analytics has become focal point it's for like the, the It's just a buzzword. Now yeah. everybody's hungry for it, right? right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been listening to the podcast and some of the conversations you've been having and, I, you know, the ultimate question is like, what are you measuring? Why? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and what type of activity are you doing? And I think a lot of the conversation in the industry is still around. We need to monitor whatever the classic advertising, whether it's digital or, or offline. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the conversations we're having are, you know, you got to create brand experiences. you got to like create this pop-up experience, but then you got to like distribute that experience across the web and things like that. So it's kind of complicated and 3D in some ways and rich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to kind of see those, if you talk about the me- those measurement platforms, how those measurement platforms can cope with, you know, the impact of, an, of a pop-up experience in the shopping mall, followed by the content then that generates, followed by the market research data and the insights you get Right. From that event. And well, it then, doesn't account for it, right? That's the yeah, issue. Yeah. If it's not trackable, it's not measurable. I mean, you're still at the core. You still have the same mission. Uh, what we've also done is focused a lot. And so when we started, you know, we wanted to have as many readers as we could, you know, and we had a great impact. We had by the by end of 2015, we had two million readers a month. Um, and that's no, all subscription? Yeah. Was, no, that was non-subscription. Was non-subscription. Yeah. And then we decided to try to make some money out of paid content. And um, what that allowed us to do by putting a paywall up is have customers in place shop. And so suddenly we had thousands of people paying us. Um, and it, and it, instead of like trying to like get as many people to read the site so we can get an advertiser, get a vodka advertiser advertising on our site. Yeah, exactly. And playing all those games. Yeah. Suddenly you only have 2,000 people. And then they are your clients. And so... What's been exciting the last couple of years is providing them with the insights and the ideas that they want. And it's measurable. You know, I email, you know, I remember I used to do create nice HTML emails and send them out to my list. Now I send like, you know, 2,000 people a quick email with two lines on, you know, in the same way you send to your friends. And they're just kind of new. They're just... Going back, there's a lot of going back thinking, to basics. Stuff that you think is cool, stuff yeah, you're that's like, oh, I've got something themes. going on. Yeah. You know, we say, oh, here's a link to a Google survey. You yeah. know, we sort of kind of gone past this sort of moment of like, we must create the biggest polished thing. Yeah. And let's get back in personal. People want scrappiness, yeah. And yeah. Just people just want the, real. Give, right. it to, give it to mm-hmm. straight. Give it the to me straight. Yeah. Yeah. Right? What are the things people are coming to you most for in 2017? What were the big areas of focus that you saw a lot of traction against? Well, there's the, you know, there's, the, in terms of we have the a chatter researcher service, so within three days we turn around a, a report for our members. I mean, there's some classic, typical technology areas that we talk about day in, day out. But it's amazing that people still are interested. So they're still interested in AR, VR, AI, um, and maybe things like personalization is also interesting. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. 
and there isn't one specific answer about how to how to personalize as well. So um, those are those are kind of curious and really interesting. Yeah. What does PSFK do better than any other trend spotter in the industry? Like, what is your secret sauce that you would say you're going to come to us? You can't get this from anybody else. I mean, I think we've proven ourselves to be the best when it comes to retail, mm-hmm. best when it comes to customer experience. Yeah. Year in and year out, we've been doing that. And I think that's where our focus has gone. And I think we provide, you know, probably the industry, the pioneering viewpoint each year about what the big ideas are. And I think at the same time, we are constructive and progressive. We're trying to provide, we're not trying to go look at doom and gloom. It's all retail Armageddon. Right. We're like, there's great opportunity. There's great. There is, yeah. There's great stuff to hit. So here are the things you could do to get there. And, you know, our trend reports have moved from, reports to playbooks a bit more so we're a bit more like I love that. here are the actions that you can take um and so that's kind of one of our big changes but i and if i if if we could like and can we can rewind this when piers is talking about moving from trend report to playbook and you know our trend reports have moved from reports to playbooks a bit more so we're a bit more like I love that. here are the actions that you can take and i think that's it and i think that's what this industry is starving for if there's one thing i'm going to take away from this conversation it's that we are missing the actionable insight not just on what the trend is telling us and not the analysis that we should be taking away from it but it's what are the questions that the industry has mm-hmm. that all of us as a community are asking in silos but really there's just this inherent gap of education that we're not acknowledging. Mm-hmm. And so like if there's one ask I have as like a marketer, it's like, please, peers, raise your hand and say in 2017, these are the three areas that brand marketers are missing the mark on. Yeah, that's great. Okay, mm-hmm. kill by DIY. What would you kill in the world? Doesn't matter. Not people. It's <laughs> weird. Um, what would you buy and what would you do yourself? What would I kill? Legacy brands. Oh, so consistent. Yeah, I mean, is, it, is, like, that, is that consistent? Does, does that always happen? Do you think every legacy brand? You no, know, I think a brand, that, brand, brand that's going to build around um, that's built off nothing. You know, they lost their heritage, and it's just it's a Can marketing you give an brand. You know, like an energy drink or something like that. Mm. What um, would you buy? What would I buy today? I want to buy that new Alfa Romeo. <laughs> Can I buy that? Am yeah, I allowed sure. to buy that? Yeah. yeah. Somebody yeah. Said, so I read. I read a headline that it's a good, good car. Quartz, so, I think. Just, Quartz, were you about to say a good buy? It was a good, good car. Buy. Good car. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. The best car you could buy. Probably Business Insider. They do that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what would you do yourself? I would. Um, I would return to writing. I would write a book or something. PSFK was a writing project. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be a business, and so maybe I'd, you know one day I'd like to kind of get back to writing. All right. Yeah. I love it. We'll Pierce. be looking. Pierce Fox, thank Thanks you so, so much. much. Thanks so for much coming fun. by. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Bye. So, Piers, we are so thrilled to know that your travels to America both ended in a kick-ass business and, and a happy wife, happy life. We had so much fun with this salty Englishman in our booth. So, big thanks to Pierce. Thank you, as always, Cameron Drews, Matt Turk. Andy Bowers, our friends and family at Panoply. And Adlandia, we will be back in two weeks. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.